Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. Valley Point Church is a faith community located in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. Our mission is pointing people to real relationships and real significance. Enjoy and thanks for listening. Well, good morning, Valley Point Church. How are you today? Good, good. Happy New Year. Yeah, you can clap. It's a new year, right? Awesome, awesome. Well, my name is Dan McInnes. I'm the Family Ministries Pastor here at Valley Point Church. I'm excited. I'm glad you're here this morning. I thought we'd do something a little bit different this morning. I know you probably just woke up, but you can humor me a little bit, right? Yeah, okay, thanks. I appreciate that. I want to take a poll. Don't worry, I'm not going to single anybody out. I just need you to raise your hand, all right? So if this applies to you, just go ahead and slip your hand up. I'll put my hand up first. That way you don't feel so bad. How many of you are big fans of New Year's resolutions? You love making New Year's resolutions. Is that you? Anybody in the room? A couple of you. All right, cool. I I see how this poll's going. I got you. (laughs) How many would say you are not a big fan of New Year's resolutions? Okay, now we're getting somewhere. And then I'll go ahead and put my hand up first for this one. How many would say that you are excellent at breaking New Year's resolutions? Fantastic. You saw I had my hand up first and everything. And my fourth and final question for our poll this morning, how many of you would say you're not sure because you just didn't get enough coffee this morning? Good. Everybody got some coffee in the lobby? That's good. Well, here's the deal. Whether you are a friend or a foe of New Year's resolutions, there is a big God, a God of mercy, a God of power, a God of hope. And it's all because he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, laid out on a cross for you and I, that we can have hope. And I don't know about you. Maybe I just got up too early this morning. I'm not sure. We can have hope in 2017 because of Jesus Christ. And we're going to spend some time this morning today just talking about hope. I was online doing some reading, and I saw an article about the new year, and it was talking about January. And it said, January is one of the most depressing months. I'm like, man, that's just depressing reading that, right? I'm like, geez, what gives? So it says, you know, all your friends and family, they go home, and there's that post-holiday letdown, and that turns into failed New Year's resolutions, and you've got short days and long nights and bad weather where we live here. And then by the end of January, the holiday credit card bills come in, right? And before we know it, January kicks in. It's back to reality as we know it. For some of you, if you're a student, that might mean returning to the stress and pressure of school, right? Others, it's job woes. You know, it's relationship struggles. There's all kinds of things that just kind of creep back into our life in January, right? But get this. This is Jesus' words in John 16, 33. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. I love that he just doesn't say, 
maybe you'll have trouble. Maybe He's like, you will have trouble. Life can be hard. It can be difficult. Some of you are going through some heavy stuff right now. And you're not looking forward to 2017 at all. But there's a God who loves you so much. In fact, he conquered the grave for you and me. Our big idea for today is going to be this. Seasons change, but the Savior never does. Seasons change. So as we enter a new year, we're coming into kind of a new season of life. But the God who made you, the God who loves you so much, his character, who he is, his love for you, it will never change. And for me, that's comforting. I hope that finds you with comfort as well this morning. So rain or shine, win or lose, our circumstances are constantly changing. Our hope cannot be of this world. It can't be, or we're just going to get disappointed in 2017. It has to be in something out of this world. We need to put our hope in Jesus alone. Jesus alone. So according to my mom, when I was growing up, I had a lot of energy. I hear some of you laughing because you're like, ha ha, I could see that, whatever. But it's true. According to her, I had a lot of energy. I remember she made me like run laps around the house. I'd be running around the house. And I remember she signed me up for like all different sports and activities and all kinds of stuff. And she had me in soccer and I played baseball. And I remember learning to swim. And then I was on the swim team. She just had me doing everything. I think it was just so she could keep her sanity. I'm not sure. I'll ask her one of these days. But it was amazing. And then fast forward many years later, I find myself in college going away for the weekend with some buddies. We went up to upstate New York to the Adirondacks. Anybody ever been there? It's beautiful. So we're up in the Adirondacks, and like any good story, we decided to jump off a bridge. You ever had that thought? You're like, who's just going to jump off a bridge? I'm serious. I'll make this up. So we said we're going to jump off a bridge Now, I know what you're thinking. You're like, this guy's dumb. Get him off the stage. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Hear me out. I'm not as dumb as you think I am because I didn't jump first. I didn't jump first. I waited for one of my buddies to jump first, and he jumped. Shoo! Splash, right? So I said, okay. (laughs) He came up. So it's my turn. I'm going to jump. Now, when I jumped, I jumped because... I knew I knew how to swim. That's why I jumped. If I didn't know how to swim, I wouldn't have jumped because that's just dumb, right? <laughs> but I knew how to swim, so I said, I'm going to jump. And I jumped. Now, let me tell you, when I hit the water, I changed my mind. <laughs> Maybe God changed my mind. I'm not sure. But you see, there were some things that were just beyond the horizon that I couldn't see. And I left out of the store. I didn't tell you this, but it was cold because it was the end of November, so the water was really cold. So where was that going on? And because it was cold, I thought, you know what? I better leave my clothes on. So I left my jeans on. I left my work boots and my coat. It was actually a sweatshirt. I left that on too. And I jumped. And I forgot to tell you it was also nighttime. 
And then there's one more thing I left out. At the time, I had very bad vision. I took my glasses off because I didn't want to lose them. So I jumped. And when I landed in the water, I was basically blind. I didn't know what it was up and down. And it was the longest swim ever back to the shore. I'm like, oh, please, let me feet touch the ground. I'm swimming, swimming. Finally, I get to the shore, and I crawl up, and I'm just laying there. So tired. I'm like, that was so dumb. Right? It was terrible. This morning, my question for you, is your hope anchors in your own understanding, in your own abilities, or are they anchored in God's promise? What are they anchored in? Are you just going through your life doing dumb stuff? Or are you saying, God, I'm going to trust in you? I think I know some stuff, but God, I trust and know that you understand everything. I love this verse. The Apostle Paul writes in Hebrews 16, 19. He says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. In my case, I just had jeans and a work boot, right? It was terrible. If you have a Bible or a device, go ahead and turn. We're going to be in 1 Peter this morning. 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. And when I think about Peter, this dude, he's just got this fascinating life. He's got a fascinating life. And Peter and his brother Andrew, they were fishermen. And then one day they were fishing, and Jesus just kind of called him. He's like, follow me, just like that. And as I was prepping and I was thinking about that, I was like, that's crazy, because they just dropped all their stuff, and they followed Jesus. I'm like, wow, like, well, how would that look today? So I started thinking, I'm like, okay. Like, what if Jesus walked into Whole Foods, right? And there was Peter, and there was Andrew behind the seafood counter, right? And then Jesus walked up, he's like, yo, give me two pounds of halibut, and what are you doing after work? You want to come hang out? Like, this is crazy, this is Jesus. And he's like, drop all your stuff and come follow me. Now, You're probably thinking, man, this guy had it going on. He's perfect. He's great. Because why else would Jesus have chosen him, right? But Peter had tons of faults. He messed up all the time. You know, one time he cut a dude's ear off. Another time he disowned even knowing Jesus on three different occasions. He just was full of all kinds of faults. But the good news for you and I is that Peter, this guy with tons of faults, was instrumental in establishing the early church. God uses broken people all the time to do awesome stuff through him. So this is exciting news for you and I. So approximately 30 years later, that's where we're going to pick up today, Peter picks up his pen. I don't know if he had a pen, but he picked up his tablet or whatever he had, And he wrote these words. He was writing to a group of people, a group of Christians who are living in modern-day Western Turkey. And they had some problems. Maybe you can relate. They had overbearing bosses. 
I'll raise my hand because my boss is here this morning. Hopefully you don't listen to the podcast, right? They had marital issues. They had neighbors they had issues with. And on the horizon, there was a bunch of other stuff coming in that wasn't looking so good. So our man Peter, he's writing to him. He's trying to encourage him a little bit. Here's what he says. This is 1 Peter 1, 3 through 4. He says, Praise be to, to the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. In his mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. You see, hope has made just, oh my goodness, this is crazy, this is crazy. Hope is made possible because of mercy. Because we're going to get something that we don't deserve. What Jesus did on the cross, we didn't deserve that. We mess up just like Peter all the time. And in comes Jesus and he does something and gives us a gift that we don't deserve. And of course that gift is salvation for all who believe. The Apostle Paul says it in Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 like this. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Wow. I love reading scripture sometimes. I just read that. and I'm like, that's incredible. So when we back up, when we look at that scripture, we see it says a new birth. What is that new birth? What does a new birth look like? Well, it looks like when we take everything that's going on in our life, all that stuff, and instead of pinning it on ourselves and saying, I'm going to figure it out, or I'm going to get this guy to figure it out, we're going to pin it on Jesus, and we're going to give it to him, and we're going to trust that he can take care of it. And then when that happens, a new person has been born. So let's talk about that word hope, because we use that a lot, right? We say that all the time. We just throw it around. Sometimes we say, like, I hope to win the lottery in 2017, right? A couple of you guys could say, yeah, I hope to win the lottery in 2017. Some of you sitting here, maybe you're single, and you're like, I hope to get married this year, right? Maybe some of you hope to get married this year. Some of you say, I hope, if you're a student, I hope to get good grades this year, right? And your parents hope so too. <laughs> and then, I know a lot of you are sitting right here today, and you're saying, I hope the Eagles win today. Can somebody give me an amen on that? <laughs> All right, so we got our hopes. But you see, these hopes, they're a little bit different than biblical hope, hope in the Bible, because these are wishes and desires for future events, future things that are uncertain to us, right? So we're wishing, we're hoping, we have these desires, but when we talk about hope in the Bible, it's complete, it's confident, it's expectation, it's full assurance, it's all these things because we know how the story goes, And when we couple that 
with living hope. It's hope that's growing. It's not like dead and stagnant and barely alive. It's producing life change. So when you have hope that produces life change and you know how the story ends, it's amazing. Change your life. Paul says the word living is like this in Hebrews 4.12. He says the word of God is living and effective. You know, our hope is not in our current circumstances, but it's in the end result of God's love. It's not in today. It's not in whatever's going on in your life right now. It's in what God has already done. And we need to cling to that. Let's keep reading in our scriptures here. This is the next few verses we're going to pick up in 4b. Go all the way through 9. It says, This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation for your souls. Maybe you got one of those people in your family that They go and see a movie before you, right? And then they get home and they want to tell you all about it. Like, ah, my ears. Don't tell me, right? They want to spoil it for you. Like I know a lot of you probably saw Rogue One, a lot of other movies this holiday. And you're like, don't tell me. I want to see it for myself. But the reason why we can have this living hope, this confident expectation, is that the Bible contains the most incredible comforting spoilers known to man. You see, we know how the story ends. These verses that we just walked through make it abundantly clear that Jesus died for my sins. He loves us so much and that he's coming back again. He's coming back. And we need all the hope we can get Because even though his work on the cross is complete, we're still here on this earth. He's not done with us. Just like he wasn't done with Peter. He's like, cool, you did some fishing, now come with me. He's got plans for you in 2017. Do you believe that? Nod your head with me. Show me you believe that. Yeah. He's excited. He's way more excited than I am right now. He's excited for you in 2017. You're like... Well, you don't know what I'm going through. You're right, I don't. But God does. Give it to him. He loves you. He can handle it. Trust him with it. I got some takeaways for you. Because if we're going to keep living, if we're going to go into 2017 here, 
It helps to have a little bit of a game plan. First one is this. It's give hope. Give hope. In its simplest form, it's telling other people about Jesus, right? That's giving away hope. I mean, no one can receive hope without hearing it. But there's other things you can do, and that's why I love our church, because we go, we serve, we love the community, we expect nothing in return. How can you love other people this year? I'm telling you, when you give away hope, that's how your hope is going to increase. If you're like, I'm hopeless, and it's just the first day of the year, give away some hope this year, and your hope will increase too. It's just amazing. And just like Peter had proximity and influence with these people that he was writing to, there's people in your life that you have proximity and influence with. Who do you go to school with? Who do you work with? Who do you play on sports teams with? You are in a unique opportunity like nobody else in this room. And when you couple proximity and influence, there is an opportunity for a greater impact. And when we're on social media this year, it's like, always like, seems like it's filled with bitterness. It's like people just hating all the time. Let's flood that place with hope. Let's speak truth, communicate grace, and share the joy of life. The second one is this. Receive hope. Maybe you're sitting here this morning, and maybe this is like the first time you've ever heard about the hope that is found in Jesus Christ alone. Maybe you've heard it a million times before. But today, don't leave this place without knowing how much God loves you. He knows your name. You may not be excited about 2017, and that's okay. But know how much God loves you. Don't leave here without knowing that. I love what Paul writes. He says this. Actually, I want to share this verse with you first. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the answer. He's the hope that we need. He's what we need. He's what we need. He's the hope we've been looking for. And today, maybe you're sitting here and you're like, I already know this. I already have a relationship with Jesus. I've already cried out to God. I've already said, you know what, Lord, you're the master of my life. I will follow you. But maybe today you're lacking hope. Maybe today's the day you up your game and you receive hope and you look at hope in a brand new way. If that's you, I pray that 2017, you just take off. You kill it because you got a fresh new perspective on life. And the third thing is this. Choose joy. Choose joy. Because hope produces fruit. Get it? Produces fruit. That was like my one dad joke for the day or whatever. I know, thanks for the laugh, I appreciate it. But hope produces fruit. Because Pastor Eric likes to say, and I like this too, healthy things grow. And if you're not growing, you're probably dead, so check your pulse, because healthy things grow. Are you a living example that whatever season your life is in right now, whatever happens, that the Savior never changes? 
I don't know. Only you can answer that. Because living hope has the power to produce life change. we got to show some fruit for it. And some of that fruit looks like joy. Looks like joy. To go back to the scripture we're in, in 1 Peter 1.8, it says, You believe in him and are filled with an expressible and glorious joy. Can you imagine that? Like a joy that you can't even explain in words? Like you're just like, oh, I don't know what. Like this is incredible. Can you imagine that kind of joy? And at the same time, God knows our sufferings. He knows what's going on in our life. He knows we hurt. He knows we have pain. He wants us to take those things and leave them with him. He knows. He wants us to talk to him. He wants us to give them to him. In 1 Peter 1.6, he says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief of all kinds of trials. Hurting with hope. It still hurts. It doesn't take away the sting of what you're walking through right now. I know that. God knows that. But don't give up on him. Don't quit now. Don't give up. And the joy I'm talking about, it's not this like flimsy, wimpy joy. It's like a bigger, better, stronger joy. It's not like the kind of joy where like maybe your kids open up like a hatchimal on Christmas morning and it hatched out of the egg and then it wasn't hatching anymore and you're like, this thing is dumb. I'm throwing it away. It doesn't it only hatch one time. And then here it is one week later to the day and they're on to the next thing. You know what type of joy that is? That's natural joy. That's joy that just goes up and down with whatever's going on in your life. That's not lasting joy. That's not deep joy. That's natural joy. That comes natural. God wants you to have a spiritual joy, a joy that doesn't like, woo, roller coaster, you get sick, barfing everywhere. He doesn't want you to have that. He wants you to have this deep joy that can only be found in him. Because this type of joy that I'm talking about, it's a spiritual joy. It's a spiritual joy. And oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Sometimes I just get so excited thinking about these things. Sorry, I apologize for my excitement this morning. Here's what Paul writes. He's talking about the fruit of the Spirit here. And that's the spiritual joy that we can receive. He says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. He goes on and lists a whole bunch of them. But if you believe, if you've put your trust in Christ, the Holy Spirit is going to pour out God's love on us. And then for the very first time, we will see love and we will see hope the way God sees it. And it's with that that we can find a new hope and a new perspective for this year. I'll leave you with this. The Apostle Paul writes in Philippians 4.4. I feel like he's talking to me with this verse, but he wasn't. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. He's like the parent in the room. He's like, listen, if you didn't hear me, let me tell you twice. Or in my case, my mom probably told me like six times. God's like, whatever's going on in your life, 
Find a reason to rejoice in me. Find a reason. He loves you so much. And and hope is not an indication of your happiness, but it's a response to God's work on the cross. Would you pray with me? Father, I'm just so thankful for today. Thankful for a new year. And even though a new year brings pain and suffering from last year, God, I pray that this will be our best year yet. Because we have this hope in you. And God, we trust you. Lord, if there's individuals here this morning that need their hope revived. Father, I pray that you would surround them with your loving arms. God, I pray that you would give rest to all those who are weary, all those who are weak. God, it's my prayer this morning that we would cast our burdens on you God, I pray that we would do that every day. That we would give it all to you. That we would give you the glory and the praise which you are due. God, I pray that we would give you honor. God, I pray that you would give us hope. Hope like we've never had before. Father, help us to choose joy in the midst of suffering and pain. God, we've tried so many ways and it's not easy. But God, give us new strength and new insight to look at what you've done on the cross in a special and new way. God, we love you so much. And it's in your son's name we pray. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.